Thanks for joining us on Coast to Coast Pest um, Talk. Do you want to just hit it up and let's just start start rocking? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to Coast to Coast Pest Talk. I'm your host, Gabe, with Pest Patrol, joined here by Andy Sinefsky with Primatech Pest Management in Syracuse, New York. Today, we're going to be discussing your favorite topic of all, burnout. <laughs> My favorite topic? Is that? I mean, no, that was like the, the listener's favorite. Oh, okay. Okay. We know everybody loves talking about burnout. <laughs> It seems uh, to be a, a common theme. Like when you look at social media and LinkedIn and stuff. That's true. Yeah. Like it's it's got to be something that's bothering a lot of people because I see a lot of posts that are in this vein, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, there's probably, there's probably a lot of different variables and I would say almost like types of burnout as well that people are experiencing, um, which I'm sure we'll jump into. But so... This topic kind of came up. It was on our list, so it's not totally random. But uh, we had, I had a crazy few weeks thinking about potentially rehiring my lead technician, and then found out I didn't actually have to rehire him. And it was all in the span of like, I don't know, seven days or some ridiculous. And so I was just like running around with like a chicken with my head cut off. Um, not actually burned out, but it, when I saw that, I was like, oh, we should discuss. That, that would be a good one to discuss now. To me, I don't think that um, that burnout, as we're thinking about it, is um, physical. I don't think this is the same as fatigue, um, where you're like physiologically burnt out. Mm-hmm. This is almost entirely psychological. Yeah. When someone talks about burnout, it's that their uh, capacity to process information, emotional regulation, and continue working and, and, and outputting some sort of production um, is hampered. I, I, I kind of liken it to, as I was thinking about this, like um, if you've ever worked like lifting weights or something and you do reps to failure, this is the mental equivalent of that. Yep. Um, the few times where I've run into where I felt like totally burned out um, – I'll, I'll say it feels like my brain's full. There's like, there's no more, there's no more capacity to take on another thing or think about another, another thought. Like I'm pretty well done. Your, your mind sort of shuts, shuts the show down. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah. I would, I would probably blend the, the physical and the, and the mental side maybe more than that. But I think that is great avenue to go down at least on on the sort of uh, mental emotional side yeah so you know i i had actually had it sort of across three dimensions okay like like that that burnout has sort of like uh three aspects to it and i think that um physiological is one of them right but not in the like hey i i'm tired sort of way yeah yeah um I think we have to say, like, first and foremost, diet, sleep, and exercise. Right. Huge. Yeah. Like, and not that, like, hey, I'm in better shape so I can take on more, like, manual labor, but sleep, exercise, and diet helps you with your emotional capacity. Yes. Like, your your mental capacity. You're you're more fit uh, um, psychologically. Isn't it interesting how interconnected the world is where it's, it's easy to just think, well, if I can just get, you know, mentally right, or if I can just get physically right. And it's like, while each of those are important in their own right, 
there's so much interconnectedness to that. The other thing I think on the physiological side is understanding, are you a sprinter or are you a marathoner? Mm-hmm. I work at a slow, steady pace. Yeah. You know, I can go long periods of time. Now, are, is that you or are you more of a sprinter? How do you like to? I think I practically end up being more of a sprinter. Um, although I try really hard to not be a sprinter. Okay. So I don't know if that's bad if I'm working against myself. It's hard to, okay. So this is, this is just being real cards on the table. It's hard for me to distinguish being a sprinter from, um, being lazy, like having spurts Mm. of activity and then being lazy or or procrastinating that type of thing. That's a hard line for me to decipher. And so I tend towards, I see more of the value of that consistency over a long period of time. Um, uh, it seems like that fights against some of, at least for me, like some of my natural tendencies or propensities towards like laziness or procrastination. Um, mm. So I think I prefer sort of and tend towards that kind of uh, sprint stop. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. Okay, so so let me let me clarify how if I understand this right then. So you think that probably your natural ideal performance is in a, a short-term high effort sort of activity and then a and then a pause and recovery, but your like guilt or expectations or whatever are telling you, "Hey, I should be able to to continue on at this pace for a lot longer or I should be doing this a different way." uh yeah potentially yeah um i've i've i think i'm a lot more i am i'm a lot more productive when i am small and consistent over time like just measurably yeah um but i wouldn't say that that's like my natural bent yeah i we have some people that have uh, like what i call an asymmetrical work capacity so they'll have where they need to have recovery time in between spurts of production. Yeah. And I think it's how people, some people are sort of hardwired. Yeah. That they're, they're kind of, that's how they sort of work. Um, I was talking to one of our people just the other day and letting them know that I recognize this about them and that that's okay. Like, I think a lot of times we have, I don't know if like we put it on ourselves, somebody in elementary school told us, you know, it was bad to do this this way. But if your rhythms of yourself like dictate that your optimal productivity is in small spurts of high effort and then recovering, I, I think working against that, it, it's, it's not ideal. Yeah. Uh, I, and I also think we, we try to force everybody into the same square hole of like you start at eight and you work till five and you're going to work productively, you know, until lunch. And then you stop and take a half an hour lunch and then you start again and you just you just toil away yep. um, like you're like you're running a machine. Um, and that's it, just not how we work. Like, I don't think like, it, like, humans. yeah, like you are a machine. That's the, yeah. And, well, and I, I, I found, <laughs> I'll find where I, my productivity will drop off a little bit in waves. So I'll, I'll work on something sort of, you, you hit a, hit an impasse with it a little bit and it's best just to set it down and relax, go do something yep. else. 
I, I will hop in my truck and do, go drive around. I'll go drive around, listen to the radio, listen to some podcasts, whatever, come back, sit down, and I'll be like, oh, okay, that five, ten things that I couldn't really get past, just trying to grind it away, hmm. now I can now I can hit those. Um, if you're more traditionally minded, it's going to drive you crazy. Right. Because you're going to go, well... Time's your time. Time's the only thing you can't make more of, and time's the most important thing, right? You, yep. So there's all this pressure to be like, "Oh my God, I'm going to waste ten seconds, and I'm never going to get it back." You're like, right. "Yeah, but sometimes you have to decompress and take that pressure off yourself, so that you can then be be productive again." We, yeah. We don't work work well just continuously. That's yeah. You're totally right. Um, something that I have done off and on, um, and I'm doing currently in this season is trying to take like a 45 to an hour section in my uh, mid afternoon, usually like two o'clock to three o'clock hour and just read. So I literally sit in this chair. Yeah. Right there. Over there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, and I just read and I think, and I write uh, and I just get my thoughts out and stuff for 45 minutes to an hour. Yep. And it's been incredibly helpful in like big picture creativity and motivation and stuff. Um, yeah, so I, I think you're totally right. In the rhythms of our life, I think about even like a weekly rhythm where if you try and go, 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 go seven days after seven days after seven days after seven days and you never rest, like you are just going to burn into the ground. You're yeah. going to die. Yeah. And like you have to have that. And I think we need it on a micro level within our days as well. The second dimension is emotional. Right. Because everybody right now is talk, talks about how they're anxious. That's like the big thing. Right. Everybody has anxiety. Everybody's like to the max yep. right now. Yep. Because they're being flooded with all these thoughts, emotions, and fears that they just, they're not even aware are going on in the background. And then you put one more little drip of, the, a job canceled mm. and it's they're they're done you know they're yep. they're completely completely finished um as i was as i was driving around today i was kind of thinking of a a little bit of an analogy on this and if you imagine the amount of stress your body can handle as like a pipe and you run water through that pipe well over time if you don't keep that thing smooth it builds up crud in there Right, And you could have, um, you know, the news that you're watching and your neighbor made you mad and the kids have this thing. And before you know it, you have just a tiny little bit of capacity that you could throughput emotion. So it doesn't take very much to clog that thing and it, it's game over. You're, you're completely yep. burned out. Um, we uh, try to evaluate our staff's capacity for emotional labor. So we try to keep a tab on like, okay, because each person will have different, different, uh, like free capacity to deal right. with emotional things. And yep. like all we do dur during the day is emotional labor. Like everything we're doing is emotional labor. Yep. Um, dealing with a customer that has a problem, doing a callback, do it, whatever the thing may be. And different people will have different levels of free capacity to, to deal with that. Some people have a lot. Generally, it, people that have, um, I guess less chaotic, simpler lives, Things are sort of steady. They're not worried. They get paid enough so that they're not worried about paying the bills. They they don't have like, you know, whatever chaos with family and who knows what. Right. Yeah. Drugs, alcohol, all the things that you could you could put in there. 
um, all that chaos detracts from their emotional capacity. Yeah. Um, And most people aren't aware that they're affected by this. Your staff, all of all of your staff combined, you have an emotional quotient that you can you can deal with. Right. Right. So like there's a certain amount of emotional label. So so one of the things that we've been getting better and better about is sharing that emotional burden. So we'll have, uh, specifically, we'll have like like accounts that are more emotionally taxing than others, where yeah. you're dealing with stressful situations, difficult problems, difficult customers. And we'll break those up between technicians and sort of manage which person's going out to that account. And maybe we, we have one specifically that's a weekly one, and we don't send the same person two weeks in a row. We alternate, right. yeah. go back and forth. And then you have two people that are sharing that emotional burden together, which automatically increases that capacity because there are two people uh, working together have a greater capacity than the two of them a- added. Like if you took some of their parts, yeah, the, exactly. It's, it's greater. Um, so, uh, sh- looking to share that burden. Some people have a hard time with that cause they see it like a failure. So like right. if I, if yeah. I need to lean on someone, um, for that, uh, like to share that emotional burden, that's, that's what we're all doing here. Like it's not a, it's not a failure. It's a, yeah, you have whatever things you have and you need a little, a little crutch and support. Yeah. Now totally. you do, you do that to a uh, unhealthy extent. It's called a codependent relationship. <laughs> so so, <laughs> so right. I'm thinking ideally in, in healthy situations when right. we're, when we're talking about this. Um, so the last dimension is very difficult for a lot of people. And that's the narrative dimension. Okay. So, so for you, what you talked about at the very beginning of this is in the narrative dimension for, for burnout. Okay. Because you had uh, expectations of the future and those got crushed. Right. And then you had to rebuild them into something else and that takes effort. And then yep. that got right. crushed. And so the length of time it takes for you to rebuild a narrative of an expected future, if if you too quickly change that again multiple times, you're, it's going to overlap. And all of a sudden that emotional uh, burden becomes too much because, because your narrative structure is getting, having to get reconfigured too soon. Right. Yep. And would you say in that, cause kind of one of the tenants that I had written down is, um, there's, I think, a a, a repetitiveness that is um, like futile or purposeless or pur- purposeless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lacking a purpose um, often sort of leads to that kind of despairing kind of burnout esque. Right. And I think that with what you're saying with the narrative, you have, um, you know, you begin the process and you start writing, rewriting this narrative and then that gets crushed. And then you start another one back from the beginning and it's like, and that gets crushed and you almost begin to feel or believe uh, there's no point in continuing to write a narrative because it, you know, it's like, well, I've, I've done, I did it three times and, and I'm back at the same spot I started. Right. When we were talking about um, episode 12, we were talking about the emotional fallout of staffing changes. Yes. And in that, um, I had talked a little bit about it. it takes me about a week 
I understand my process to reframe, understand what we're going to do next and move forward. Other people can take a long, much longer time. And, and knowing that about yourself can be helpful because what I want to do is when I have those things, events that happen, if I know that I need a week to process that, I really don't want to layer too many changes on top right. of that at the same yeah. time. Now, yeah. you got ambushed, right? So like you, you had no choice. You're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. So when those things start to happen, because you can't always control these things. Right. Yeah. So you get layered on, boom, 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 with a bunch of things, and uh, you feel completely overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, two things you need to deal with. One is letting go of attachment to what that future was. Mm-hmm. It didn't ever exist. It was pretend. It was like, are you when you wake up in the morning and you had a dream, are you attached to that dream? It, it evaporated. It's gone. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't a real thing. Um, so dealing with attachment and then reframing so that you're you're doing what I call horizon viewing. Like as opposed to looking right down at the ocean around your ship with as it's heaving all around. You need to at those times when 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 that craziness has happened, look up out to the horizon. You need to you need to keep keep your eye there and that will steady everything. You can you can regulate and go, okay, where am I really going? Okay, and then work back. Oh, here's the here's the choices I have to make now. And yep, we ran into a rock, and there's waves, and there's this. And, yep, but we're gonna get the ship off the rocks, and we're gonna keep keep going in that direction. Yep. Um, because it's very easy to get like battered by the storm and not look out to the horizon. You forget that it's there, and sometimes just reminding yourself, like, okay, no, there's a there's a twenty year destination we have here. Yeah, and that's right. You know, three years from now, this is going to be a footnote of, oh, we had this happen, this happened, this happened. That was crazy. And sometimes, yeah, I can totally. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and I think that that long term vision that's so important because in the short term, it may look like something you you know. I think for me, like when when I have big staffing changes, um, when I'm so small. It means for the next six months, I'm going to be out in the field a lot. Yep. Right? Yep. Which was like not what I was planning on doing. Nope. Like I was planning on hiring a salesman and get it, you know, right? And working on my operating procedures more and et cetera, et cetera. Um, And, but yeah, I think the importance of that long term is to say, okay, so that means for the next six months, you're doing something you don't want, but that's okay because we're looking out 10 years or five years or three years and so it's gonna be all right great thanks guys so that's uh that wraps up our episode here on burnout hope that was helpful and encouraging insightful um you know discussing all those different aspects of the physical the kind of emotional the narrative that plays through your mind and um yeah some of those practical aspects of how to avoid it so as always like and subscribe uh, to our YouTube channel, to our podcast, whatever you're listening on. And don't forget to join the LinkedIn Coast to Coast Pest Talk group because it is getting crazy in there. It's not, it's not that crazy yet. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 